Atlanta Toyota presents WSB In-Depth. Dr. Andrea Sikor is pharmacy professor at UGA and a pharmacist. She's here to talk prescription drug shortages with us. And you, doctor, are telling me it's not just a few. As of 2023, there are over 300 different active drug shortages that are ongoing. And what's interesting is that this has been going on in smaller venues really since I graduated. Um, So really, I mean, almost 10 years. You know, one of the things that you'll hear cited a lot is kind of the opacity of the supply chains, where what happens is you'll say, oh, okay, your ulcer medicine has five manufacturers. That's great. That means that all those manufacturers, if one goes down, the good news is the other four are up and running, we should be fine. Well, then it turns out that they're all actually sourcing their ingredients from one supplier. So if that one supplier goes down, all five go down. Um, So there are things that happen like a manufacturing site floods in Louisiana and that that flood, okay, that that manufacturer is out. Or uh, one of my favorites was uh, uh, liquid Tylenol in the hospital comes in these little like plastic cups um, and then it has a little foil on it. And so the drug was available and the, the foil on top was available, but the little plastic cups were unavailable. We literally couldn't get the unit dose Tylenol. So sometimes it has nothing to do with the drug. It can do with a with a you know with a, a thing like a plastic cup. Right. How does um, that How does that happen? That's out outrageous, just on human terms. How does that happen? And it may not be that it's like you know totally dangerous what's happening, but you know we have high quality standards for a reason, which is that we think that that's the best quality you know product and care that we can provide. And so then it gets shut down. And so you know. One of the things that I often wonder is, do we need to do a better job from, you know, getting basically our FDA agents and like having the appropriate funding and stuff like that to be able to get them into these different sites so that we're not taken by surprise uh, by some of those. Um, does it is it maddening to you that, for example, I'm dying from diabetes and uh, you have like two Ozempic to give out and the lady from Buckhead's one ahead of me in the line and she gets them uh, to keep her girlish <laughs> figure? Uh, yeah, this is a, a you know, a a tough situation, which is, you know, what is the off-label use and what is the best practice guidelines for this? So um, I personally working in the in the acute care setting, you know, we actually will create kind of criteria use guidelines. So there was a period of time when sodium bicarbonate, which, you know, is like a household kitchen ingredient, but the, the medical grade type was on shortage. And so you can use this for people that are having cardiac arrest and are literally on the brink of death, but you can also use it. um, It's a required medication for certain um, chemotherapies. And so the question became basically who gets it? And, you know, it's a tough situation to be sitting there with like the oncologist, the intensivist and us trying to like basically debate the literature of like, where is sodium bicarbonate best used? You know, that's not that's not a fun conversation to have with anyone because the reality is there's either a cancer patient that's not getting the therapy they need or a patient that's, again, literally on the brink of death that we can't, we can't give a drug we would normally give. Um, so, you know, in the outpatient setting, when you're looking at, you know, basically an off-label use, I mean, that's a really tough situation because it's not, I mean, you can have, you know, any, a pharmacist in particular can, you know, has the ability to say, like, this is clinically inappropriate or something like that and to withhold giving a prescription. But that's not usually a power you would exercise simply because you're like, well, I think it's better that this person gets, you know, 
their diabetes treatment versus their weight loss treatment. So yeah, it's just like a really tough, uh, yeah, maddening is a perfect word for it. Um, there's another, what is it? Uh, moral distress. So if you've heard about moral distress or ethical <laughs> yeah. distress leading to healthcare worker burnout, that's the kind of stuff that, that is being faced. That's so difficult. Yep. So cascading problems there. Dr. Andrea Sikora, thank you very much. It's 816.